What's up, everybody? This is Danny coming to you live from the podcast dome. I'm here with Cassie because we are quarantining together. I don't know, married or something. <laughs> but no, no Kiana, sadly. Hey, everyone. Cassie here. Like Danny said, we're quarantining. We are at home. Kiana is stuck at the Alamo <laughs> with her three male roommates so our hearts go out to her she's still working because she is an essential employee helping people get safe and affordable housing danny's still working because she also is an essential employee i am out of the job (laughs) so cassie has been spending a lot of time watching netflix and organizing the house but then disorganizing it again Anyway, we wanted to give everyone a heads up in this time of chaos and not really knowing when we're going to be able to see each other and record again. We wanted to go ahead and change things up a little. So what we're going to do is until we can be in the same room together with Kiana, uh, we're going to be releasing two shorter episodes each week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Instead of our regular Wednesday. And um, they're going to be shorter episodes. We're just going to check in. Give you some good news. Some fun stories. We'll try not to make them too much of a bummer. (laughs) And yeah. We'll just go from there. So today is April 15th. It's actually kind of a bad day. Not a lot of great things in history happened. It's tax day. That's That's a big bummer this year that's right not this year (laughs) the titanic sank on this day in 1912 it was a sad day it was a very sad day abe lincoln died on this day that's right broberham lincoln died (laughs) on this here day april 15th a sad day in history indeed but some good things did happen on april 15th zeth was born yeah yeah kiana our co-host kiana's boyfriend was born on this here day in history so so some good things there's a silver lining some good things did happen but by and large really shitty day indeed however one other great thing did happen kiana renee henry was brought into this world april 15th 1994 she is just a wee babe I think you have the year wrong. I'm fairly certain it's 1996. (laughs) Whatever year it was, we love her very much. We miss her very much. We had a really great FaceTime the other day. We talked about Tiger King. So happy birthday, Kiana. She did a little ode to herself happy birthday episode. So that's going to play now. And then starting next week, we'll go ahead and change to our Tuesday Thursday thing and we'll keep you guys posted stay safe stay home wash your fucking hands and we love you guys thanks happy birthday Kiana you glorious bitch you I'm sorry we couldn't go balls out this year like you wanted to (laughs) but we'll do something special in the future at a later date some other time just consider this a rain check (laughs) The longest rain check with question mark end date (laughs) ever. Okay. Bye. Bye.
everybody. This is Kiana, and you are listening to That Broad's Got Moxie. So, as you've probably heard, we are abiding by the stay home, stay healthy order in Portland, which is just a shelter in place, essentially. And so, Cassie and I have been distancing ourselves from one another. The birdcage, Cassie and Danny are there. Kiana and the rest of the gang, the Alamo, we're here. So we can't record with each other, which is too bad, but we don't want to give you content that sounds like shit. So while we're trying to figure out how we can record from remote locations, we are going to be releasing mini episodes where I'm doing one and Cassie's doing the other and we're still going to tell you about awesome women throughout the week. So without further ado, because I'm in a room by myself and this is awkward, so bear with me. I'm going to talk about my topic now. So, before I begin, let me tell you just a little something. April 15th is my birthday, and yes, I am now wiser than I was pre-April 15th. And it's really a shame that I can't go outside and let people know that. And it's really a missed opportunity for the world, and it's an overall cultural tragedy. But we'll get through it, and I'll get my voice out there somehow. And this is exactly how. A podcast, you know. So, those of you listening to the soothing sound of my voice are a privileged bunch because today I'm going to lend you this freshly wizened knowledge. And it's going to be about the absolute banger, Happy Birthday, which was created by women, almost copyrighted by a woman, and welcomed to the public domain by a woman. And so, without further ado, let's get started. Happy birthday is a birthday celebration staple. There's no aging without happy birthday, and it's a song that pretty much everybody and their mothers know. You know happy birthday. And it's been translated into at least 18 languages, and it's been used in, like, ads to sell everything from insurance to margarine. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, it is also the most frequently sung song in the English language. But where, where did happy birthday come from? I'll tell you what. The tune of Happy Birthday actually comes from another song written and composed by sisters Patty and Mildred Hill. Patty was a kindergarten teacher and later a principal at a school in Kentucky, and her sister Mildred was an accomplished pianist, organist, and composer who wrote under the pen name Johann Tonsor. Fun fact about Mildred, she studied ethnomusicology before there was even a name for it, which is indeed fun. And another fun fact, she made the claim in 1892 that, quote, Negro music would eventually give rise to distinctly American music styles. And she was right. She saw the writing on the wall. Anyways, these two sisters, Patty, Mildred, they team up because Patty was an educator for young kids, kindergarten teacher, and She thought that the songs that they were singing were bad. They were either too musically difficult for kids to pick up, or they were mismatched in their style and lyrical content. And she thought the emotional tone in the songs weren't really suitable for kids at the time. So there was just always something not quite right in what she was trying to teach. And so in 1889, the two began creating music specifically tailored to the limited musical abilities of Patty's students. And their overall goal was to compose a song that was A, easy to remember, B, easy to sing, and C, would still be musically interesting. 
Patty said that Mildred would work on the score at night in the family's Louisville home, and the next day she would then try it out with pupils, until they finally came up with a version that, quote, even the youngest children could learn with perfect ease. And so the tune, Good Morning to All, was born. Which goes a little something like this. <clears throat> Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear teacher. Good morning to all. Applaud. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was a cover of uh, Good Morning to All by Kiana Henry. Let's just give it up one more time for her. Thank you. Thank you. Now, was that song easy to remember? Yes. Hit that goal. Was it easy to sing? I mean, I did make it sound effortless, but also, yeah, it was effortless. So, check to that goal. And was it musically interesting? Well, for the 1890s, hell yeah. <laughs> they didn't have Lizzo's Truth Hurts at their fingertips. They didn't have the classic bop What Makes You Beautiful to jam to. We have to remember, this was a different time. They thought this was a bop. Good morning to all. Song of choice of all the people in the 1890s. <laughs> Absolute banger. <laughs> Anyways. So, good morning to all begins, and then the next line repeats at a higher step. And then the next line after that repeats at another higher step. And then just when you think you got it, it comes back down. So... Like the USA Today article I used as a source says, it's got symmetry, it's got repetition, and it's got just enough variation to keep you on your toes. And that's what we look for in music. <laughs> so, the song was a hit in her classroom where the students sang it every day as a greeting. And in 1893, the sisters decided to publish it in addition to some of their other songs they created in the songbook Song Stories for the Kindergarten. The song then slowly began spreading, and especially the same melody of it with other variations of words. So there was a variation called Goodbye to You, there was a variation called Happy Vacation to You, and it eventually evolved into Happy Birthday to You. The lyrics to said song, Happy Birthday, weren't written by the sisters, which is important to know for later. It sort of developed informally with students singing it, bringing it back to their families, and that spreading from there. People using it in the songbook and just using it as a, you know, ditty to remember things. So there's no clear claim on who the songwriter for it was. So just remember that. The sisters wrote the precursor, definitely. Did they write the lyrics? I'll tell you later. That's a little teaser for later in the story. Happy Birthday to You was the most successful variation of Good Morning to All, and the new version was published in songbooks, it was played on the radio, and it featured in new talkie movies, and even was used in the first singing telegram that was sent, which is just fun. And in almost every one of the incidences where the song was used, the music was uncredited, and it was uncompensated. So the sisters didn't even really realize how the melody was spreading, but this went on for a while. And then Hill sister Jessica recognized the Good Morning to All melody in a 1934 stage production. And then she went to her sister, who wrote the dang thing, Patty, because Mildred died, rip, and advised Patty and the Hill family, so her family, to file a lawsuit 
alleging infringement, thus beginning the copyright era of happy birthday. So, kind of, sort of. (laughs) The lawsuit was dismissed. Short story. However, this was just the beginning for the family, and they would in total file four lawsuits challenging the unlicensed use of happy birthday, and after... So... It was the Hill family who did it, but then Patty died in 1946, and Mildred and Patty didn't have any heirs, so her family created a foundation in her name, which is called the Hill Foundation, who was now fighting for the copyright to Happy Birthday to You. However, whether it was Hill or the Hill Foundation, none of the suits amounted to ownership of Happy Birthday to You. However... This is where things get a little confusing because Happy Birthday was hot on the market. People wanted it. Everyone was scrambling to get it copyrighted as their own as they heard of other people doing it. Also, Patty and Jessica, the same year that they filed the first suit, had granted permission to the Summy Company to use the melody that Patty and Mildred had written together. So the piano arrangement of good morning to all, and then they added happy birthday. So Summy printed sheet music and songbooks that contained four instrumental versions of the melody and two versions of the good morning to all melody combined with happy birthday. So the company, Summy, also filed for copyrights on these six arrangements and said that it was their songs because they hired composers for the company, and in the following decades, the credits to Happy Birthday to You also became a little confusing because the authors listed, like, various crediting names. So there was Hill and Wilson, Hill and Danhart, Traditional, Hill and Hill, so the sisters, but regardless of authorship, it was summies in the copyrighted sense, or at least everybody just, uh, just agreed to it. So whenever somebody would use it, Summy would get in their face and be like, give me my money. Anytime the song was commercially used. So, you ever wonder why chain restaurants don't actually sing happy birthday to people who they're bringing their complimentary dessert to? It's because they had to pay for it, and they didn't want to, so they wrote their own. And you'll also notice that in an awful lot of movies and shows, they don't sing happy birthday when it's a character's birthday, because they just don't want to pay to use it. And if you did hear it, Somebody decided to spring for paying the royalties for happy birthday to you. Anyways, it's really hard to banter with yourself. And, uh, I hope I'm doing alright, everybody. (laughs) Okay, so where we are in this story, Summy now has the copyright to happy birthday to you. And then through a series of corporate buyouts and acquisitions, blah, 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 economy, interest rates whatever. Summy's collection of copyrights were sold to Time Warner, who now is in possession of it, or was then in possession of it. Of the money they collected in royalties, one third of it went to the Hill Foundation, which would later become the International Kindergarten Union, which would later become the Association for Childhood Education International but it's all the Hills Foundation, so it's still technically going to the sisters. So, from the song's use in film, television, radio, or in a public performance, aka restaurant singing, Time Warner made quite a bit of money off Happy Birthday. 
In the late 1940s and early 50s, the song generated about 20000 per year. Through the 1960s, it made closer to 50000 annually. And by the 1990s, the song was generating well over $1 million per year. And in the last few years of when it was copyrighted, it was getting anywhere from like $2 million to in one number I saw $200 million. Just a lot of money. And they were supposed to be collecting royalties until the year 2030 when they would have to then reapply for the copyright, which honestly probably could have been granted and you'd have to pay for happy birthday for the rest of, the li- of, the rest of your life. Except Jennifer Nelson enters the scene. <laughs> Sorry for that dramatic pause. We're now going to talk about Jennifer Nelson. Everything was going great for Time Warner. They were celebrating people's birthdays, getting cash for it. The song roughly had roughly 137 years of protection. But Jennifer Nelson was like, hold on. Happy birthday belongs to the people. So Jennifer is a documentary filmmaker and is the president of Good Morning to You Productions. And they decided to make a movie about the history of Happy Birthday. And lo and behold, they discover something fishy. And it's that the lyrics to Happy Birthday do not belong to anybody and therefore cannot be copyrighted. The Hill Sisters wrote the precursor to Happy Birthday, which was Good Morning to All, but they did not write the words to the song. In fact, in the original copyright trial, Patty Hill admitted that they never published or copyrighted the lyrics to Happy Birthday because she never thought to, stating, quote, I was never a money grubber and that she was more interested in education. So, this meant that no one could actually claim the rights to the song. Instead, the song should be considered a folk song, which belongs to the public. Remember, Happy Birthday was developed informally with multiple people in a classroom and a community, so no one could really claim it. Armed with this knowledge, Jennifer sought to free Happy Birthday from the capitalist hands of Time Warner. So, Jennifer and the production company filed a class action lawsuit against Warner, asking the court to declare the song in the public domain and force Warner, the world's third largest music publisher, to return millions of dollars in licensing fees that it's collected from thousands of companies and individuals who have publicly used or sung Happy Birthday since 2009. Jennifer stated, quote, It is shocking that someone claims to own it and their others therefore have to pay a fee to use it. I hope to return it to the public where it rightfully belongs. And on September 22nd, 2015, federal judge George H. King ruled that Warner's copyright claim over the lyrics was invalid and that the 1935 copyright held by Warner applied only to a specific piano arrangement to the song, not the lyrics or the melody. The court held that the question of whether the 1922 and 1927 publications were authorized, thus placing the song in the public domain, freeing Happy Birthday to the public. Now, that being said, I'm not going to force my roommates to sing me Happy Birthday on this public performance of that Brad Scott Moxie, because I can. Because we don't have to buy it. And Happy Birthday to me. (laughs) But before I do that, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on our social media accounts at that Broad Scott Moxie on Facebook and Instagram and at Broad Scott Moxie on Twitter. And also email us uh, your happy birthday wishes to me 
to thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. Now, play that funky music, white boys. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.